Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, chapter 6 continued. Section 3, you are his instrument, nothing more. Mother Teresa eagerly anticipated a reply from Mother Gertrude, and when it had not come in less than three weeks, she became concerned. That her request would arrive, be considered and responded to so quickly, was not a realistic expectation. But she was on fire to move ahead. Having spoken to Mother Provincial, her higher superior in Calcutta, about her inspiration in anticipation of the decision to come, she urged the Archbishop to speed up the process. Loreto Convent, Entelli, January 28, 1948. Your Grace, I have been wanting to write to you, but could not get the time. I am still longing to keep my word to God. I want it soon to come true. Up to now, the delay was necessary in a way. But now that you have seen that the good God wants the work, that the souls are waiting for the missionaries of charity, why make me wait so long? My superiors now know all that they had to know. The meeting with Mother Provincial went off very well. She did not scold. She did not try to make me change. She was extremely kind and gentle. The rest, Father Van Exum, must have told you. It's over three weeks now that I wrote to Mother General. How long must I wait? May I not write again or straight to Rome? There will be enough delays when the matter goes to Rome. Why delay now? Forgive me for writing as I do, but the longing to offer myself to God in his poor is more and more growing. The other thing is, if you approve, I wish to keep Father Van Exum as my spiritual father in the new circumstances, whatever they be. The reason for doing this is, he knows me well, and also knows everything about the work. But, if you wish it to be otherwise, I will gladly obey. There are two girls in Rome from Yugoslavia who were to have entered Loreto, but were told to wait, as the novitiate is closed for the present. They both want to offer themselves completely for Bengal. One is a trained nurse, the other a teacher. May I, or may I ask Father Van Exum to write to them? about the work in the slums. There is another question which I would be grateful if I could know regarding that absolute poverty. How far would you insist on lessening, or rather making easy that poverty, which for us has to be the means to reach our end? By absolute poverty, I mean real and complete poverty not starving, but wanting, 
just only what the real poor have, to be really dead to all that the world claims for its own. How far will you try to make us change in this? How many must we be to have the blessed sacrament in our midst? The work that we will have to do will be impossible without his continual grace from the tabernacle. He will have to do everything we have just to follow. Pray for me, please, that I do the things that are pleasing to him. Your devoted child in J.C., Mary Teresa. Mother Teresa remained steadfast with the Archbishop on the observance of absolute poverty in her future community, an observance that, because of the new congregation's aim, would be much stricter than in her present order. Jesus had asked for nuns covered with my poverty of the cross. Therefore, she deftly tried to forestall any effort by the archbishop to curb the rigorous poverty she envisioned for her sisters. The archbishop, though supportive, found Mother Teresa too hurried and encouraged her to be a docile instrument and wait for God's time. Archbishop's House, 32 Park Street, Calcutta, January 29, 1948. Dear Mother Mary Teresa, Pax Christi, Peace of Christ, I am in receipt of your letter of the 28th instant. Your letter was sent on the 12th to Ireland. That is why I want you to wait till the end of that week to give the news in Calcutta. I presume Mother General may have received that letter on the 18th or 19th. To have her answer now would suppose that she had nothing else to do but to write to you at once without reflection. Perhaps she was sick or on visitation. Take a little time. If our Lord wishes to work miracles in this case, certainly he can do it. But we have no right to expect them. And he doesn't work miracles without a very good reason. Be patient. By writing yourself now to Rome, you might spoil the whole outcome of your petition. Perhaps the very reverend Mother General has written herself already. Just wait for a reply. Do not rush things, and do not expect others to rush them either. I would quite understand Reverend Mother General wanting to pray for light, to reflect before she makes a decision. You have written under your responsibility. I have written under my responsibility. It's natural, and we must expect her to do so. Mother General has to take for granted whatever you or I may have written to her. I have been very pleased to read that Reverend Mother Provincial had taken your petition so kindly. She, of course, will wish also to pray for light, perhaps to consult without naming anybody. In due time, the reply will come. Remain quiet. 
pray much, and live intimately with our Lord Jesus Christ, asking for light, strength, decision. Do not anticipate his work. Try not to put anything of your own in all this. You are his instrument, nothing more. I do pray also, but I would be disappointed if perhaps things went too fast. Let each one do his work conscientiously, not hurriedly. It is not necessary to delay unduly, but there is no necessity either to, particip to pre precipitate things unduly. It is not necessary to delay unduly, but there is no necessity either to precipitate things unduly. If our Lord wants it to be done quickly, he can arrange that. In the meantime, being human creatures, we must act according to our means. God bless you. In union of prayers, yours devotedly in Christ, Archbishop F. Perrier, S.J. The underlining on the letter is Mother Teresa's own, an indication of the impact these words had on her. She had given this letter to Father Van Exen with her handwritten notes on the margins. Please destroy. I have copied the parts I need. The letter is simply beautiful. You must pray for me to learn how to get rid of self in myself and live intimately with him. You will teach me how to do this, will you? Pray for light that I may see and for courage to do away with anything of self in the work. I must disappear completely if I want God to have the whole. Any possibility of spoiling God's work was intolerable to her. So once again, she surrendered, obeyed, and waited for the reply. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mother Teresa was a human being. And these words of the Archbishop struck her very deeply. They had a great, great impact on her. Pray much and live intimately with our Lord Jesus Christ. Asking for light, strength, decision. But do not anticipate his work. 
Everything Mother Teresa was going to do, in other words, was his work, that is, Jesus' work. The Archbishop had seen that. He had seen that his role was to get it started, to make sure that it was done in the way God wanted. But then he himself had to withdraw, a little bit like John the Baptist. He must increase, but I must decrease. John the Baptist, in order for our Lord to be glorified, had to withdraw from the scene, as it were. He was imprisoned. He had waited so long for the Savior. But he would not see him truly begin to do miracles. He wouldn't see him proclaim the kingdom of God and call people to repentance. He would baptize him, be arrested, be withdrawn, and then in configuration to Christ, he would give up his life. He would show the way that Christ himself would offer his life by being killed for the truth. So on this Good Friday, let us beg the Lord to help us decrease so that he may increase. Whatever our state, whatever our work, in some small way, we're contributing to Christ's salvific, redemptive work. We're trying to carry that forward. We're trying to enter into it and allow other people to enter into it. We're trying today, above all, to make contact with Christ's sacrifice, with his suffering, with his death. But we are not the Savior. He's the Savior. He's the one mediator between God and man. We are in him, and everything we do is through him and with him. For apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.